something that you should probably know about me is that I do not work well under pressure. When it comes to getting things done at the last minute or, or working uh, under a deadline, uh, things usually don't turn out well for me in those situations. Uh, and I've learned this about myself. I, I know it to be true. And, and what it means for me, what it meant in my academic life and, and professional life, is that I need to plan and prepare and work ahead. And, and for, for the most part, this has worked out well for me. Uh, when I was in school, what this meant for me at, at seminary was during those first few weeks of the quarter, while everyone else was kind of kicking back, easing their way into school, uh, coming off that summer high and catching up and sharing stories, what it meant for me is that while they were doing that, I was working hard. I was planning and preparing and, and working ahead to get things done. Uh, but at the end of the quarter, uh, I would watch everyone else run around like crazy, uh, working to take their tests and, and write their papers and studying hard, and, and I was doing whatever I wanted. I was going for runs, drinking coffee, uh, it was kind of nice. And it's not that one was better than the other, it was just different. And I learned about myself that I needed to work ahead to, to plan and prepare. And, and for the most part, this always worked out, except for one class. I remember walking into this class, it was right at the end of the quarter, uh, right before summer break, and I thought that I had everything done. I had been kicking back because I had planned and prepared and worked hard. And I thought I was going to class that day to just listen to a lecture and then go back to my room and, and do whatever I wanted. And I walk into the class and, and the professor is, is talking about book reports. He's saying, remember to turn in your book reports. And I'm kind of scratching my head thinking, book report? I don't remember any book reports, and he's kind of reminding us, you know, you had all quarter to write these three papers, read these three big books, and write these three reports, and he was sure that all of us had already done it, but just reminding us that at the end of the week, we were going to have to turn these in, and I'm thinking, book report? I didn't do any book report. I, I couldn't believe it, but, but somehow, in all my planning and preparation, I had let this slip. I, I hadn't done these book reports, and, and so now, for me, that the last week that I was looking forward to, just kicking back and enjoying, now I was the one driving my crazy, working and, and worrying and striving. I was going to the library to read the books and waking up early and, and spending long hours writing these papers. And, and, and the week went by and I finally finished uh, all these book reports. Uh, I got them done. I turned them in. I don't remember what grade I got, but at that point I, I, I was just glad to be done with it. After all that work, working under pressure, which I'm not good at, working and striving, they were done. And now it was the end of the school year, and it was time to head back to Mount Prospect to stay with my parents uh, for the summer, and I was kind of cleaning things up and going through my files and folders, seeing what I needed to keep or what I needed to throw out, and I open up this one folder, and, and in it is three papers. And I'm thinking to myself, what are these for? I see my name on top, but I don't recognize writing these words, and I'm reading them over, and it's slowly starting to, to, to turn, the wheels are turning in my mind that, that these are the book reports. That I had finished them. It, I had just written them 10 weeks before. At the beginning of the semester, I had completely forgotten that I had read the books and written the reports. And, and here I was that last week working and worrying and striving for something which was already mine. Uh, working for something that was already done, finished, accomplished. Uh, maybe the same has happened to you. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm the only... <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one. Uh, another example, I remember talking to a friend at the seminary, and uh, I was admiring his watch, and he told me there was a story behind this watch. He was explaining to me that it was a mechanical watch. Now, I don't really know anything about watches, but he was telling me that his watch was mechanical, so it did not run on battery power. There was a little dial that you would turn and wind, and it would wind up the springs and the coils on the inside, and that would power the watch. And he told me that he was obsessed with this watch, that he was very diligent in keeping it wound, uh, 
because if he went a few days without winding it, uh, that it would lose power and then it would lose time. And, and so he worked hard to keep this watch wound. And, and then one day he was showing off the watch to another friend and, and this friend kind of looked at the watch for a while, studied it and said, you know this watch is battery powered, right? Like here's the cover to the battery. I don't know what you're turning on the side, but it's not winding the watch. Uh, the power that you've been working to keep this watch going is actually already there. It's getting all the power it needs from this battery. And, and here he was working diligently, striving to keep this watch going when, when the work was already done. See, I, I wonder if we don't live very much of our lives in just the same way. I wonder if we don't work and worry and strive for things which are already ours in Christ. I, I think many of us spend a lot of time worrying and working and striving for a sense of identity and security and, and meaning in life, things that God just gives away freely, but, but we work at it anyway and we worry about it anyway. We strive after it anyway. We work hard to, to create an identity for ourselves. We work hard for those letters before our names or, or the awards on the wall. We work hard to afford the car that becomes who we are. We, we spend a career working to buy a house in just the right neighborhood because of the identity that comes from living in that community. We, we work hard to, to give our lives meaning. We, we worry about that when we're young and we're looking forward to the next 60 years and, and we want to live a life of meaning. And we worry about it when we're old and we look back and, and we look at the past 60 years and we wonder, did I li live a life of meaning? Was it all worth it? Uh, what was the point of all of that? Uh, we work hard for security. We want to feel secure in this world. And we worry about, are we secure? Are we financially secure? Are we relationally secure? Like, do people actually love us and accept us like they say that they do? And so we work hard and we worry and we strive our entire lives. And for most of us, we are tired now. Uh, not just tired in our bodies, although many of us are tired in our bodies. We we work hard. We're, we're working. We're taking care of the kids or the grandkids, and we are just worn out and tired. And, and in fact, I, I read an article this week that said only one in seven of us as Americans, only one in seven people say that they wake up each morning feeling well-rested. One in seven people wake up in the morning feeling well-rested. We are tired people, but, but the exhaustion we experience goes far deeper, and Jesus touches on this in our reading for today, goes far deeper than just our bodies. Our, our souls are tired and restless and, and uneasy, and we are the kind of tired that can't be fixed with a good nap or a good night's sleep or even a two-week vacation to Hawaii or the Bahamas. We, you're tired. And Jesus knows this, of course. Uh, he knows our burdens. He, he knows the unrest inside of us, how we are searching for things we can't seem to find and grasping for things just out of our reach. He, he knows our insecurities. And, and so he says today in our gospel reading from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, he says this. He says, Come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, what Jesus is reminding us, that true rest, lasting rest, is, is only found in him. It's not found in a little pill you take before you sleep. It's, it's not found in that two-week vacation or, or in a good night's rest. And, and many of us know this because we are working uh, our entire lives for the rest of retirement. And then you get to retirement and you find that you're busier than you were when you're working, right? Or, or you work all day, uh, 8, 10, 12 hours to rest at night, and before you know it, you're back at work the next day. Or you work 50 weeks out of the year for that two-week vacation, and then you come back from that vacation, and you say, wow, I really need a vacation 
from my vacation, right? We are tired people. And so Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Jesus says, to the 11-year-old girl who longs to be loved and accepted by mom and dad, who's always working for that next basketball trophy or straight-A report card to prove that she is worth it. Jesus says, come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Jesus says, to the 22-year-old man who, who looks at his future and lives to life, live a life of meaning and significance and is, is pouring everything into that. Jesus says, rest, come to me, and I will just give you the rest you are looking for. Come to me, Jesus says, to the 55-year-old couple who, who worries about whether they've been good enough parents, who, who worry about their financial security with retirement not all that far away, who who are fighting to prove themselves to their friends and their family, Jesus says to them, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me, Jesus says, to the 90-year-old woman who looks back on her life and, and wonders, was it all worth it? Does the good outweigh the bad? And who am I after all these years? And, and why did God put me here? God says, come to me, come to Jesus, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Jesus says, to each of us here today. Find rest in who he has declared you and made you to be. Find rest in your God-given identity. You are a baptized child of God, redeemed and forgiven by him. That is an identity that's not changing and, and not going anywhere. Come to me, Jesus says to each of us here today, and find security, eternal security, in my outstretched arms of love. Rest easy in what I have already done for you. You see, we spend so much of our lives trying to earn and deserve rest. We work hard every day, 10, 12 hours, to earn those few hours of rest in the evening. We work 50 weeks to earn that two-week vacation. We work 60 years to earn that retirement. But with Jesus, he just gives it away. On the cross, he says, enter into my rest. Come to me, and you will find rest. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus. A yoke, if you aren't aware, is a it's an instrument of work. It's a harness that is put on farm animals, oxen, donkeys. And, and it's a harness that goes around their neck and connects them to something. It connects them to a plow or some sort of tractor or trailer that they're, they're pulling. And, and so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. What he's saying is, be connected to me. Harness yourself to me. Because when you're harnessed to Jesus, when you're connected to him, you are connected to the very source of life. You're not connected to another job to do. You're, you're connected to forgiveness. When you're yoked to Jesus, when you are harnessed to him, you are harnessed to the gospel, to the forgiveness of sins, to life eternal. So Jesus says, come to me, take my yoke upon you, and you will find true rest, lasting rest. See, brothers and sisters, we rejoice that as Christians, we do not need to worry or work or strive for what is already ours in Jesus. Instead, he invites us into an amazing rest, a rest that is not found in the work of our hands, but in the work of his. In Jesus' name, amen.